Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN Radio, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. I had the good pleasure of being on a flight some months ago. And seated near me was Lori McErnie, Development Coordinator for the National Alliance of Mental Health in West Palm Beach, Florida. And she has provided us the opportunity to interview today on the Rusk Report, Marsha Martino, Executive Director of the National Alliance of Mental Illness. They're located in Palm Beach County in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about Marsha's background. As a provider of social services, she was aware of NAMI's information and referral services. So when a family member first experienced mental illness more than 10 years ago, Marsha contacted them to obtain information to find out about local resources. Marsha Martino became involved with NAMI, Palm Beach County, in 2010 when she took the first provider education class offered by them. Immediately thereafter, her husband and she took the family to family class. The importance of connecting with people who live with similar traumatic life experiences cannot be overstated. Our guest today, Marsha Martino, I have a great feeling for what you're involved with because where we tape this program, we have an organization called the Friendship Foundation and we help train people who've had mental illness to work once again. So I, I understand and I empathize for your uh, dedicated efforts. Let's first talk about um, what you wrote about in your biography of a family member first experiencing mental illness, uh, how that affected you and how that motivated you for you to become involved within an organization such as National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI. Well, I think for most of us family members, it, it kind of comes as a surprise. Um, very different than a family member, uh, for example, being born with a developmental disability or something like that. Uh, for most of us, uh, our family members first uh, start to experience some um, signs and symptoms in their, in their teens or early 20s. Um, I think many times we're hoping it's just a phase they're going through or, um, you know, something that they'll outgrow or maybe all the other kids are doing that, but it just didn't seem right. Maybe this is an extreme. Um, so, you know, I think at first there's really kind of a, a, a denial or a hope that, that it's all going to pass. Um, and so that's how it was for me uh, um, until... Um, until uh, our family members' uh, symptoms were really just could not be ignored, so we got professional help. And uh, and then, you know, when you take psychology in college, you think you read about these, uh, you learn about different um, diagnosis and mental illness, and it seems so cut and dry. And uh, I found over the years, and that was the case with with us as well. You know, you you kind of go from one diagnosis to another many times and it's very it often takes i believe on average about 10 years for a person to get an accurate diagnosis 
uh, many times, particularly with a, a major mental illness. And the other thing is that a lot of mental health conditions co-occur. They overlap. So a person could have depression, but they may also have anxiety. They may also have um, addiction issues. You know, there are many things that, that can occur at the same time. And sorting that all out and getting the right treatment and medications are, are, are pretty distressing. It's a long period of time of struggle. Now, um, I believe you're a 501c3 uh, tax-exempt institution. If somebody listening in northern Florida or Washington or New York would like to make a donation, how they can make a donation to NAMI, please explain. Well, NAMI has a, it's a national organization. It's a grassroots organization, and our, and our main um, office is in um, Virginia, in um, uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, the website for that is naminami.org, and there are um, there's an opportunity to donate through that website. But there are over a thousand NAMIs throughout the country, mm-hmm. and uh, and so anyone listening, there's a local NAMI near you, and that you and they typically have uh, um, their own websites. Um, our website is NAMI PBC for Palm Beach County, so it's namipbc.org. And, uh, and we have um, a, a mechanism for someone to donate on our website as well. But I really encourage people to look for their own local NAMI because it's an amazing resource. Wonderful. Now, you told of people who live with similar traumatic life experiences. Could you maybe give some examples? Of course, we don't want any names of people, but who've had these traumatic experiences and perhaps some success stories of people who overcame them and who are doing well today? Well, we often hear initially uh, from family members who have someone in their family, a loved one who has a mental illness, and they're often struggling. Uh, the family member is struggling but it, with the mental health condition, but it impacts the whole family. You know, if you're, and I say this so often to people, if you've never lived with someone with a, a mental health condition, you can have no idea what that's like. But often um, often there are um, problems the person has with um, sleep. So many times we'll hear from family members that the person is up all night. I mean, try living with that and going to work the next mm-hmm. day. Um, often the person has, um, they may have excessive fear or they may have worrying. Uh, they may be very depressed and spend a lot of time in bed. So when we get calls... Uh, from family members, there's usually, you know, to reach out uh, and ask for help, often it's done by the person is, is in crisis. As a matter of fact, there's a, an organization, um, the Mental Health Association, that has a saying, before stage four. And what they say is that mental illness is the only illness that we wait until stage four of the illness to get help. So it's usually stage four when someone's calling our office and um well, you know, I think of a couple cases that are, are kind of not typical, mm-hmm. but I've, it's surprising. We've had a few cases that we've had some um, some uh, husbands calling us uh, about their wives, and the the wife is in her 60s or 70s. Um, the kids have grown; they've moved out, moved away, and what the husband notices is that the wife is just no longer interested in the things that she used to be interested in, and very. Um, not engaged in the community. Well, by the time they call us, things are really bad. 
For example, one woman had not gotten out of bed except to walk to the bathroom, which she barely could do anymore, had not gotten out of bed for a couple months. She actually had bed sores. Um, another woman was not getting out of bed uh, except to go get out and sit in a chair a couple times a day. And, you know, the, and both of the, these husbands knew that there was a big problem when their kids, their adult kids, came to town and the wife didn't even want to see them. Hmm. That's, that's what triggered that, gosh, there's really a problem here. And in each of those cases, um, they were able to... Um, to get some help, we have uh, locally. We have uh, some really great resources that, that I think probably are duplicated in most areas. We have uh, something called Mobile Crisis, and that's um, those are uh, licensed clinical people who will actually go out to someone's home and do an assessment, um, talk to them about you know what's going on, and their goal is to keep someone out of the hospital. But if they feel like the situation is critical enough and the person needs to be hospitalized, they will get them to the hospital. So in both of these cases um, that I just told you about, both women ended up in the hospital uh, for an extended period of time. Or they got on antidepressants. They actually ended up going to um, some getting some physical rehab after that because they physically were kind of debilitated from staying in bed. And then we're able to, you know, go back home and, and resume their life. But, you know, these are people who had not had a history of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. But in their, you know, in their older years, that, that had, had occurred. But more typically our calls are from uh, family members uh, who have uh, a young adult living in their home. And sometimes they're um, exhibiting like... Um, they're having a first episode of psychosis. They're hallucinating or they're hearing voices. And uh, it's very it's frightening for them and it's frightening for the family. So we, we help walk the families through uh, how they can get help for their person. And, and lots of times the, the person who has the mental health condition um, does not want to get help. And that's, you know, sometimes people say, oh, they're in denial. But actually a part of... Some mental health conditions, schizophrenia being one, where someone is hallucinating and, and um, having auditory or visual hallucinations, there's, there's something called anosognosia, mm -hmm. and that is a lack of insight. So part of the brain disorder, their brain is not allowing them to understand that there's something wrong with them. So they don't think they need help. They think the voices are real or they think that the images that they're seeing are real and they're not willing to get help. So that makes it harder for a family member to get help for their loved one. But we, we walk people through, you know, what to do, how to get someone into the hospital or how to get them to a doctor and, and get treatment. And treatment is very effective, you know. There are, and sometimes it takes a long time to find the right treatment or get the right mix of medication, but typically it's very effective. Very good. We're learning a great deal from Marcia Martino, Executive Director for the National Alliance on Mental Illness in Palm Beach County, Florida. If you're listening in northern Florida, Washington, D.C., or Montreal, we'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. 
We have an announcement here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests, Erie County Republican Chairman Nick Langworthy, our program on Muskoka, Canada Tourism with Chamber of Commerce President Bob Collins and philanthropist Russell Salvatore. Coming up, New York State Senator James DeFrancesco and former Ambassador to Finland Earl I. Mack. To tell you a little bit more about Marsha Martino, realizing the importance of NAMI's role, again, that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, as a resource for our community, Marsha began volunteering her time as a provider, education instructor, and as a member of NAMI's Board of Directors. Being selected to serve as executive director of this amazing organization has been a tremendous honor for Marsha Martino. She's excited to be able to devote her time to helping to improve the lives of individuals living with mental illness and the lives of the people who love and support them. That's Marsha Martino, Executive Director of the National Alliance on Mental Illness in Palm Beach County. Let's uh, talk a little bit more as a resource in your community, uh, NAMI. How is it available? How can it help people who are facing mental health challenges? Well, NAMI is actually a really unique organization in that all of our programs and our services are delivered either by someone who has a mental health condition or a family member. So we certainly support people having a psychiatrist and seeing their therapist and getting clinical, the kind of clinical care that they need to help keep them stable. But what keeps all of us stable in our life is having a good support network, a good support system. So when those tough times come, we have people we can count on to help us get through that. So what happens often is that someone with a mental health condition, um, they become isolated. They, they start acting differently. Their friends may not uh, want to, you know, hang out with them anymore, or they may isolate themselves. And the same happens with a family member. If, you're, if you have a, a child or a spouse who has a mental health condition, you know, it's typical at first you talk about that with people and, oh, I'm dealing with this and this is a struggle. Well, after a while, I mean, after a year or two years or five years or ten years, you know, no one wants to hear it anymore. <laughs> it doesn't go away. It's still a problem. And people just, family members, become very isolated. So what's really neat about NAMI is we have this amazing national organization uh, up in Washington, D.C., and they develop educational programs and, and sort of structured support uh, groups that we, um, that they, they develop them, and then they train us to carry out those classes and those support groups. So we have, for example, we have two uh, young adults who um, teach a class called Peer to Peer. And Peer to Peer, it's, it happens once a week for 10 weeks, and they teach other people how to 
uh, keep themselves stable, how to work with your doctor, how, about taking your medications, about um, stress reduction, about kinds of jobs that, that might work for you. You know, just keep themselves healthy. If you look at mental illness as a chronic illness, just like if you have diabetes, there's certain things you can do that will cause a flare-up. And the same with a mental health condition. There are certain things in your life that, that may cause you to have more uh, symptoms. So the peer-to-peer taught by two people who have a mental health condition to others about how to keep themselves stable. And then we have a great class called Family to Family that's taught by two family members, and, it, and it's a 12-week class, once a week for 12 weeks. And it teaches people uh, about men- mental health conditions, about medication, but also to try to understand better what our family member is going through and to, to look at their behavior and their challenges as, as um, their, their skills in learning to deal with that as kind of heroic measures. I mean, they're really dealing with really difficult things in their life. And, you know, is it 100%? Are they always, you know, at the top of their game? Maybe not. And it can be frustrating to live with them. But uh, the family to family class teaches empathy, but also how to better support someone. So we get these great classes that are developed nationally. They're evidence-based or best practice. And then they, we receive instruction on how to carry out those classes. And then we make connections with the people in our class. My husband and I took family to family, gosh, it must be nine years ago, maybe now. We're still in contact with people in our class. We're friends with them. You know, you develop these kind of lifelong friendships with people who have been through similar experiences, and you have that connection and that bond. And the same with our peers, the people who have a mental health condition. They start to rebuild their support network, and it's really amazing to see. We're learning a great deal from Marsha Martino, Executive Director for the National Alliance on Mental Illness in Palm Beach County, Florida. If you're listening in Buffalo, New York, Toronto, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. A little bit more information about Marsha Martino with NAMI. Her past experiences including developing and managing programs for individuals with neurological issues, developmental disabilities, cystic fibrosis, and adult and juvenile justice issues. Her passion is utilizing grant writing, program development, and professional and family skill building to develop resources for individuals who have multiple diagnoses and complex needs. I'd like to talk a little bit about NAMI services and programs delivered by people living with a mental health condition or a family member that makes you unique. Please expound upon this. Well, th- we have uh, people who will sign up for our classes, our, our um classes are peer-to-peer, family-to-family, or our support groups, and they'll attend, and we often, our feedback will often say that that they're life-changing experiences, and so people often will want to get involved. 
So we may have someone, you know, we're teaching a class, we have someone who's really connecting, really engaged, they really have a great attitude, and they may say, well, I want to volunteer, I want, want to help out in NAMI. And, uh, and if we feel that that's a good fit, we will send them to the training to become an instructor. It's very intensive training, uh, but our classes are run by uh, some, some by staff and some by volunteers. And, um, but typically they're, they're, um, they are um, designed to be run by, by volunteers. And what we find also is you get so much back when you give. So it's, it is, you know, you take family to family because you're in a hard way, you know, or you, you don't have a lot of contacts or you're really struggling or you take peer to peer because you're struggling. You take these classes, you find that they're life changing. Then you start volunteering and teaching the class and you just get back so much by seeing how it changes other people's lives too so it's almost like the volunteering is a service that we provide too because it is just so life-changing for people and we you know are very very lucky to have a very strong volunteer base i'd like to thank um, charlie kirk founder and executive director of turning point usa uh sending us some fan mail from lamont illinois that kevin carr director of production just gave us thank you very much from Le our listeners from lamont illinois let's talk a little bit more about uh two parts of your life as a provider education instructor and a NAMI board member. Tell us what you learned from this. How fulfilling were these roles? Well, the provider ed, um, it, it's interesting. We will go in and work. We will do a, do a class. The provider ed is a, a five-session class, and actually there's a modified version now that's just a half-a-day class. But again, it is, it is family members and people who have a mental health condition who go into uh, an agency or a program or a hospital that's serving people who have mental illness or mental health condition. And we go in and we don't teach them about a mental illness and we don't teach them about medication because they know that. But we teach them what it's like to get that service, what it's like to feel that you know, your loved one is suddenly very ill and, and what works and what doesn't work. So it's, it's to give them a little different perspective on, on what's going on with the people who they're serving and hopefully help them to have a, just a little bit of thought adjustment in the way that they are providing services to be uh, just um, more mindful of how what the, the contacts that they have might be more helpful to someone with a mental health condition or their family members. So it's interesting to go in and do that and to talk to staff and, and to see that, um, you know, there are some really great, compassionate people out there who many times are doing the right thing, but sometimes just having a little bit better um, insight into what would be helpful might make a difference for them. Let's do a little follow-up. And, the board, and mm -hmm. as, as a board member, um, we have a great board here, and uh, I loved serving on the board, and I love being the executive director. I still get to meet with the board, our board members. They are um, our board is made up of uh, family members of people with mental illness, mm -hmm. some providers, and uh, and some people who have uh, mental health conditions. Let's talk a little bit about those people you mentioned earlier in the program who were very depressed, they wouldn't get out of bed, they were getting bed sores, 
and uh, they got treatment. How did they come out? Let's let's hear what happened to these people. It's not, it is rather infrequent that I get to hear the end of the story. I, okay. I get uh, I often am involved with uh, getting uh, the initial help for someone, mm-hmm. getting them to a hospital, and uh, and I am very fortunate that sometimes I spend so much time on the phone with various family members that they will sometimes follow up with me and and let me know how things go. For both of those people, I know they ended up being hospitalized, and I know that they ended up going to the next step and then the the uh, you know to a, a rehabilitative program so that they can could physically get back on their feet and then they were discharged to home from there. The good news is that usually once someone is connected with services even if it doesn't initially get them back on their feet 100% over time and working with a provider people really are able to make a a good recovery and get back into their life and you know for both of those people who i described they had a loving family just waiting for them to come back so you know they were very fortunate in that manner and both had very supportive husbands very good we have a minute left on the rusk report if you could just tell a little bit more about your devotion of time helping to improve the lives of individuals living with mental illness the fulfillment that you receive marcia martino well, for me, it is, uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, it just, uh, I, I love getting calls from family members and being able to connect them to resources that they didn't know were available. Um, sometimes I can help um, facilitate getting the person to uh, the right place at the right time to get help. And sometimes I can help the family member kind of just adjust their thinking about um, about their loved one who's struggling with a mental health condition and have helped them have a little more insight and empathy into what's going on with that individual. Very good. Any uh, future goals with NAMI that you're involved with? You know, one big movement that we are very involved with is, um, is uh, peer support. So we are working to have, uh, we have a number of, um, of individuals who have mental health conditions who work for for us, and they go out in the community and do mentoring with individuals, uh, and that's been very successful. And the other thing we're really trying to do is reach out more to the African-American community. That's a, a community that because of sometimes of their um, life situation might be more prone to mental health conditions, but they utilize um, mental health services at about um, a quarter that of, of, uh, of people who are not African-American. So they, they need help and they need, uh, they need support as well. And we need to be able to get NAMI programs out into their communities as well. I'm sorry, I have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned so much valuable information regarding the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Our guest has been Marsha Martino, Executive Director for Palm Beach County, Florida. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the past 15 years. And thank you for enlightening us on the Rusk Report. Have a great week. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.